That's this interesting search. Like I want to create things, but yeah. there could be different outcomes. And at, at some point it became dense, but still may, I feel sometimes like maybe one day, I don't know, maybe I write a book or maybe one day I, I don't know, create in a different way. Interesting. Um, so although dance is my language now yeah, and it helped me really to express things that I didn't have the words for, still that's more the maker inside of me. conversations with artists from around the globe about the work behind their work. My name is Ruby Josephine Smith, and not only am I the host of this podcast, but I am a choreographer and contemporary dancer based in Tangier, Morocco. Being fascinated by unique perspectives, my goal is to bring you an in-depth look at each artist's individual creative process, learning more about what it is that drives a person to create. Hello and welcome back, or welcome if you're new around here. So today's conversation took place in my friend's lovely little apartment in Amsterdam. Uh, It marked the end of a long and very intense week of workshops for me. I was taking an Akram Khan, or Khan, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that, (laughs) technique class, and a Hofa Schechter repertoire workshop at the Henny Yuri and Summer Intensive. Uh, This was this past July. And it just about killed my body, but um, in the best kind of way. So I was a little bit physically exhausted during this interview, but Sana and I were still able to keep up the conversational energy. So it was actually the second time I've attended uh, this workshop in Amsterdam. And I just love it for its free form, kind of pick your own adventure kind of style. And the workshops that I did this year were just amazing. If you've never heard of Akram Khan or Hofesh, you should definitely go check them out. I think we actually even mentioned them both in episode five with Jumana. Um, but I'll pop the links in the show notes again here, just so you can check them out. Just a quick thing before properly introducing today's artist. If you've been listening and loving this podcast, please make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen. And if you can, leave a review on iTunes or even better, share the podcast on social media or with a friend. It just helps to get the podcast out there even more. And that way I can keep getting more and more awesome, inspiring artists to talk to on here. But anyway, let's get to our current awesome, inspiring artist. So Sana Clifford is a Dutch choreographer living and working in Amsterdam. We met through a different workshop intensive that I participated in a couple years back. It was Choreolab in Basel, Switzerland. So Sana co-founded Choreolab with dance artist Anya Gallagher as an artistic collaborative research platform in the form of a sort of four-day dance playground. I absolutely loved the experience and have loved following Sana's work ever since. What's interesting is Sana doesn't necessarily identify herself as a dancer or even choreographer. She calls herself a maker who uses movement as her language with which to create. Besides managing Choreolab, most notably, she has founded her own dance company, Sana Clifford & Co., has presented and performed her work all over the Netherlands and various countries in Europe, and is also a dance teacher. She was so kind to welcome me into her home early in the morning for this conversation. I had to get the mic rolling pretty fast because as soon as we sat down just to catch up over coffee, our conversation had already turned into a natural investigation of our processes and our work. 
In this conversation, we dig into the details of how Sana got to where she is in her career today, how she chose what to study, the steps she took to form her own company, and the research that she puts into each and every project. Because we went through Choreo Lab, we talk quite a bit about the art of collaboration and play, both with other dancers and interdisciplinary collaborations. We also talk about how values are reflected in the creative process, what dance means to her, and not only do we hear about her daily routines, as we do every guest, but she actually asks me back about my own. I think this is a really great conversation for anyone interested, not just in choreography, if you're a dancer, but also just in the art of making and creating. And if you feel that call, if you feel compelled to make and create things in your life. So I hope this conversation brings you a bit of inspiration and motivation towards that. Here is my conversation with Sana Clifford. I'm so happy to be sitting here with you in Amsterdam. It's really, it's lovely to be able to do this in person. So yes, thank you for great that. having you here. Great. Um, so I always start these in the same place. Um, and I would like to know about your creative background and kind of your upbringing and how art played a role in that. So what was your first memory of creating something? Ooh, um, I remember that my sister was the one who was dancing. Oh, really? And I took some classes before, but I didn't feel it was really my thing. It was ballet. Mm. But my sister was was doing more with dance and then sometimes I made steps for her okay <laughs> so I was more um yeah already more into choreography like creating and less in the yeah, copying performing, or performing yeah, yeah. um so that's uh, but yeah for sure I've been creating before but as a child you mm. create all the time I guess like yeah. you're drawing you're maybe dancing you're you're doing different things but that that moment I realized like oh I'm making these steps for her but I'm not you know, where do they come from? I don't know. Yeah. So, oh, interesting. So that was uh, like early high school years, maybe that, that okay. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, my high school had um, a theater inside. So it was mm. very inviting for me to try things out, like be in the school play and, oh, and nice. that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, and also started helping with how the choreography should be yeah. on stage, like that kind of thing. I always felt more I'm a maker and it could be anything. So mm. I was looking for what, what you know, in your yeah, last years in, in school, you have to find like, why are you going to go study, right? Right, so, yeah. um, the pressure, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and I was also always looking for creative um, studies and mm. but really diverse ones, like from writing to like more sonography kind of things to, I was always looking you know, like theater, and then so always I was like, mm, this is not me, but it's mm -hmm. getting close or, but it, yeah, that's this interesting search. Like I want to create things, but yeah. there could be different outcomes. And at, at some point it became dense, but uh, still may, I feel sometimes like maybe one day, I don't know, maybe I write a book or maybe one day I, I don't know, create in a different way. Interesting. Um, so although dance is my language now yeah, and it helped me really to express things that I didn't have the words for, mm. but um, still that's more the maker inside of me than the, okay. then I feel like I'm a dancer or, I mean, of course that's part of me, but right. yeah. So that, that came from that search, I guess. That's um, so interesting because so many people approach dance, I think from more of a copying perspective, you know, learning steps, learning choreography, that kind of thing. And I don't feel like I meet as many people who 
jump right into the maker side of it. Um, I was one of those people, so it's nice to hear that there are more of us out there. Where do you think that impulse to create comes from? I really feel that's just inside of me. Yeah. And if I don't give it any room, I just feel miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, you know, it's hard um, to find a place for your work or to mm. know how to get to a next step. So, of course, there were moments that I questioned, like, is this, should I go actually with this? Is, is yeah. this what I need? And then I always come to the answer, but yeah, well, I have to. I have to, I don't know why there's this inner thing. Mm. Sometimes I thought like, is this an ego thing or is it? But no, I believe it comes from it's being me. Yeah. yeah. But there's no, like I wasn't pushed into this direction. I mean, it, I was very well, it was very welcoming if I said I want to dance. And my, yeah. my family was always like, oh, okay, then if you want to dance, you oh, go dance. Great. So that's great. But yeah. there wasn't a specific reason. Mm. I just had to figure out what was my way of making and expressing. Yeah. And I was not so much of a talker as a oh, child okay. or like a teenager. So it gave me a, a way, but... So movement expression was yeah. more your way of communicating. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how did you start your path to becoming a choreographer? What did that look like for you? Um, well, yeah, I took a short dance course when I was 16 and then I had to decide when I was 17 I was done with my my high school and I had to decide what's next and mm -hmm. I ch chose to go in this one year prep course like five evenings a week in Amsterdam to yeah. train and dance but mainly in a bit of theater and a bit of singing but like this to prep for auditioning yeah because I I did feel like I want to go in this more dance direction right and so I did that one year which was like you have this team course you know go for it you learn <laughs> yeah. because I had no technique right I had like I, of really? course yes yeah, yeah. so, I mean I danced very little mm. so I just worked my ass off and, uh, <laughs> and try different things and go to a class every evening and um, I moved for it to Amsterdam and but mm. it really helped me to dedicate and to learn a lot but it was a lot of the copying and the, yeah. so there was not much room for the maker yeah but it and then i got into the dance teacher department in the, as for oh, a bachelor okay. Okay. so i studied this and mm -hmm. i remember entering and i was like i'm not sure if i want to be a teacher but i feel they're like the right thing for me to do right now yeah and then we will see so i did this bachelor four years and in the first year we had the, the course like to create your own work and I was like, mm. oh, I love this. This is what I want to do. And it was really fun and it went more yes. easy because, you know, I had to work much harder for all the technical stuff because I mm. didn't do that so much. And then I felt like more free and I was like, oh, maybe this is my thing. But also, yeah, the teachers are, of course, like, yeah, but if you want to be a maker, you have to be a pioneer and it's, That's you know, thing, it's hard yeah. work and are you sure? And mm -hmm. But yeah, I kept coming back to that. I really love doing that. So yeah. during the studies, I already started making work. And um, yeah, after graduating, I was also teaching, but also starting to create work. Yeah. And I did even two masters, master degrees. Oh, wow. So one in art education okay. and one in choreography. Um, but after a few years great so I finally felt like okay now I know or like now mm -hmm. I can title myself to this but actually after the first uh, in the first master course 
I realized we had this artistic research and I really realized, but I want to do more with this and not mm. with more the project development or the right. creating the courses, but I want to be more in more the, research. the artistic research yeah. and, and creation. So I did, I finished the master, that first one as well, but then I was like, no, I, I then I made my first real piece outside school without help from, yeah. you know. And I was like, okay, now I did one piece. I can call myself a choreographer now. That's so interesting <laughs> yeah. to know. Like, when can you really call yourself a choreographer? I've I've also struggled with that, and it, I think it's just something you have to feel. Like some people, you really need that academic base, or you really mm-hmm. need that experience base, and then. But at some point, you just have to say it. You yeah, know? you just <laughs> you I just realized have to, exactly. You just have to say it and believe it, and then you will become it. I mean, yeah, and I I learned through that pro- same process mm-hmm. that. Um, if I call myself that, people also will call me because yeah. they accept this from you. Like, oh, apparently yeah. you're a choreographer. And then things went, well, with bigger steps or it right. was more like I could make new steps. Right. In, you in just have process. to do the work to show it eventually. Yeah. You can't just say it without any substance. Exactly. So yeah. I needed that yeah. first step. Like, I mean, I had be- been creating, but to call mm-hmm. yourself that. And I also feel there's a bit of this... Uh, culture within maybe it's in the Netherlands spe- mm. specifically but if you're a teacher then that you give that you get this stamp mm, yeah. so you're not a performer or you're not a maker but actually yeah. you're all of them yeah so, you should be able and to be. maybe now that changed over time but mm-hmm. in that period I really felt held back by this mm. idea of oh but you studied that to be a teacher so you're you so know, you're a dance teacher yeah, yeah. and I thought, one label well I'm all of the above and yeah. <laughs> maybe I have this title but yeah uh, so that's why yeah that that first piece really made a difference and mm-hmm. also after the masters although you know things go with ups and downs and I made created work every year amazing um and some go well and some are struggles yeah. you know like normal yeah. <laughs> things for everybody's job exactly um, but yeah it did give me another like well I really studied a lot now and yeah. it's time to stop that and just go do just the work. work yeah and yeah yeah step by step it's a 10-year process wow. to just get to this point of like hey I'm kind of know what I'm doing I guess yeah, yeah. and then still we're learning ev- with every project exactly and, um, but yeah so that's a bit where now I'm yeah recently have my own company so yeah yeah. that is so exciting so that's like the step I'm now like okay yeah this company and I want to how did that come together how were you able to to actually form a company because I think it's something a lot of people dream of I don't know it's something I dream of personally and so how did you actually take that first step to start creating it um I think it's part of what we said like naming yourself a choreographer it's also Mm -hmm. kind of saying hey and now I want Mm. to have this like for who am I doing this for myself is it me and I'm this freelance choreographer or am I building up something for myself here like you build up also with applying for some fundings or Mm -hmm. making other type of work longer works so those steps I went through and then okay oh so I received my first funding and then later Mm -hmm. another and so you grow and they start to know get to know you and gives you confidence yeah a little bit more like oh okay so maybe it goes slow but each time there's a step yeah and Mm -hmm. then then there was the step to say hey i don't want to do this as it's me again no it's us i I don't think you just get there over like poof and then you know you need all these 
little steps and then at some point you realize oh i'm yeah i'm ready patience i think patience yeah, yeah for sure it's yeah. it's a thing i'm yeah. not that patient i oh i know <laughs> or any of us I, patience is yeah. a really hard thing to practice when you yeah. have an idea you just want to make that a reality but yeah but yeah some but, things are slow growing yeah it's slow growing i think that always worked out for me the best mm. Um, and still sometimes I'm like, oh, I need one, this, this or this. And yeah. and then I realize, okay, but we just go for the next 10 years and, yeah. and we'll grow there. And then you never know what's going to happen. I know one it. thing that I'm, I will not stop. So, mm. you know, yeah. I will keep growing. I can only stop if, if I really feel like it's not growing anymore. But right. And then I will find another way maybe. But as yeah. long as it's developing, I get enough input and I yeah. can... I mean, you don't always only make for yourself. You make to share and you make to collaborate, or that's how I feel. Right. And um, yeah, how this you... has to be developed. Sorry. Yeah. Do you have a, a set group of dancers that you work with in your company? Um, I do work some. I mean, I work per project, so it's a project-based okay. company. There are dancers who work in different, uh, danced in different uh, projects, mm -hmm. but also sometimes, I mean, you meet new people, yeah. you want to mm -hmm. collaborate with them. Uh, sometimes a dancer is like, oh, not available or oh, maybe not for this right. topic or piece and then maybe another time. So I guess it would be like there's this pool of dancers or a network also like mm. musicians and composers and nice. sonographers. And then with each project, you just see what's yeah. the right fit and match. And um, yeah, from we yeah. go from there. Like what does the project need? It's not what right. I need. Exactly. It's what like, okay, we want to create this this thing which is bigger than the dance it's yeah. this uh yeah i mean i like to put dance in an interdisciplinary mm. setting so then okay what what does it need and how can the project thrive right so right. How, and then how can i do that in a good way so how am i safe and in the sense of you know are we doing things for free no we have to also mm. make a living right of because course. in the beginning you work a lot for no money right and at this some point it's like thing. okay there are some minimum standards um, <laughs> yeah. and so also that develops but if you feel like you have enough around to so okay with to this support. i can do the project yeah. then it will take off yeah. but it takes i guess the the full length work it took a year from concept till premiere wow yeah yeah for me it was a big deal like to maybe it was slightly longer even but yeah for sure yeah. full year and i was still very connected to the theme and yeah. what was the theme that you were um, working with the work was it's called note to self and right. it's uh it well the the scene has a lot of uh, sticky notes okay so it's about our to-do lists and how we mm. try to achieve like there's this pressure from outside or from yourself as well yeah and um we try to achieve all these things but what does this do, do to us mm. like there is this uh level of this ambition yeah of, things yeah. we ask from ourselves or society asks this from ourselves and it becomes more so actually it all came from i noticed people you ask like how are you and people say oh i'm so busy oh my oh, gosh all the time i'm busy so yeah. I'm, and then first i decided i'm not gonna say that anymore mm. i'm just gonna say oh i'm doing well or yeah. 
it's challenging, but <laughs> yeah, but it's not busy. Like that's yeah, you can make that it's choice. It's almost a stamp of pride to be busy because it means yeah. you're getting a lot done. You're accomplished. Exactly. You're it's like, but it's not per se a good thing. No. So no, no, it came from that feeling. Like, what does that mean? Like we're all busy, mm. busy, busy. Interesting. And it's like, oh, but what does it do to the body? And it's creates also stress it can also be nice some people really yeah. need it like yeah. a deadline to get things done yeah. and to feel good <laughs> so we played with the different perspectives mm. on this uh what does the topic. what does research mean to you in dance what does that what does that process mm. look like for you um well depends if mm. i want like I, want, I make one year uh, work a year basically with the mm. company i mean maybe something smaller in between but mm-hmm. um the works are often or 30 minutes or it becomes full length so mm-hmm. one or the other yeah. sometimes make shorter works but so it depends if there is this topic that comes to me and then I'm you know first write and re- like look things up and maybe read about it more mm-hmm. um, but it can also be that I'm like okay so I'm ready for a new thing but I don't know what yet and then I first mm-hmm. have to find what is it I'm interesting interested in mm-hmm. and then I, I really try to like make a mood board and brainstorm with myself and talk to people and see how they respond to certain mm, words yeah. or topics. And it's like, what then? does it trigger me or not? Interesting. And then I like yeah. the idea, follow your curiosity, you yeah. know, in, the, in yeah. the big magic. Yeah. yeah um, instead of like, I have to be creative or I have to poop out this new idea. <laughs> <laughs> but you can yeah. let things, but still I believe in the creative process and it's a little bit off no research topic but Mm -hmm. you can get yourself to that state maybe Mm. it's not easy like you know you can you go and sit you're like okay i'm gonna write or i'm gonna think of a new thing i'm gonna brainstorm or i'm gonna research something like um play with with an idea Mm -hmm. but it starts often more for me thinking and writing and finding visuals and stuff but Mm. or i have this visual in my head and, and it's like oh what is this but um Sometimes, you know, you then go stand up and you're going to clean somehow or you're going to do other things that right. <laughs> distract. And, no, come on, sit down. Now you're going to do this. Focus. Focus. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to, I can get myself to the state of saying, mm. no distraction. Now I'm yeah. going to. You don't have to wait for the, the muse to come. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I mean, maybe for some people it works, but yeah. I, I also know I can get myself to get to go into that state yeah and in the studio i find it much easier so movement research wise mm-hmm. it's much easier for me to okay so there's maybe this to- topic or a theme or a contrast i like to work with contrast and then mm-hmm. just play physically like what's the body responding often the music has a big influence mm-hmm. but uh yeah and i film myself and then see what comes out yeah so that's also research for me to and the the best or what works best for me is to have a, just a f- work with a few dancers mm, and then yeah. we start playing with, okay so if i know the topic at least how shall we approach this and try different ways right. improvising and then ideas pop up and yeah get more focused i guess yeah so but yeah it's funny the concept comes often more from daily life i see something or I'm struggling with this, mm-hmm. like, oh, how do we deal with this? And then... Yeah, makes you curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I could could be taking more time for research, I have to say. Really? So, yeah, often it goes pretty quick to, okay, so yeah. we're making this production. And, mm-hmm. okay, so then I have well, to we have apply. Deadlines. And, yeah, and then I have <laughs> yeah. to 
you know, and at some point you have a date and which is great because it makes you get work, it done. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's also good sometimes to have a deadline, even on the research phase, because I think it's common to feel like the research is never done. There's always you could always go deeper. Mm-hmm. But at some point you do have to start because I don't know, for me, I feel like the research phase is kind of the easy phase because you're mm. not actually doing the the work itself okay. you're just it's kind of what what's around the work if that mm. makes sense and then when you dive into it that's when you put all of it together that's I don't know perhaps it's different for you yeah I have it the other way around but maybe mm. we should be in the studio together yeah and, that would be and, interesting yeah, so we I get more of your uh, research vibe I, I, I do yeah. feel I can go a bit deeper in that phase yeah. but also not like in the creation mode I can really be like okay tuck 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 and I'm yeah. very used to create in a short time okay so yeah. then you have to make quick choices it's but true, yeah. it would be for sure lovely to try at least once to really ha- have more time to see I think more what I mean is you you research and then once you're in the work it that research starts to kind of take on a life of its own and mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in the middle of the work it turns into something you couldn't even expect based on the research that you did, but also, you know, you have to actually just be doing it in order to, to find that, I don't know, that surprise, mm. I think, that surprise element of the work. Yeah, I think it also really depends if you're in the work itself or not. Yeah, that's true. Do you create more um, to also be dancing no, yourself? No, often for for others. Okay. I've done a couple where I'm in them, but... But you, yeah. you research is for you physically with your own body and then you translate or like then I think in transition. both in okay. both situations I've yeah. seen it happen in different yeah. ways it's it's that kind of magic spark moment where mm-hmm. you know you you see it transforming in yeah. front of your eyes and yeah it's, it's like, a cool thing bing. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly that's it nice yeah Well, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Choreo Lab since that's where we met in, in Basel. And was that 2017? 18? No, um, 2017. 17, I think. I think yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was, I just love that experience. It was probably one of my favorite kind of traveling for dance experiences I've had. I, I love the idea of dance as a lab. So it was really great to have that platform just to play and explore with other dancers. And so you created this with Anya. Yes. Um, and where, how did, how did Choreo Lab come about? How did you two come together and create this concept? So we met, uh, in 2014 or 15, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, okay. So um, fairly yeah, recently. Exactly. And yeah. we, yeah, it was at Impulse Dance, mm-hmm. um, and we were doing, we were part of this symposium happening there and, um, we ran into similar questions. Like we were talking, actually we met on the first Mm-hmm. evening of that symposium and we yeah. we were right away like clicking and mm. talking about these things and what kind of questions um oh yeah i don't remember the exact questions <laughs> we had then but um i, I the guess the nature of them I yeah I, I think we felt like if you asked like how did choreolab europe was born it was because we felt this exact thing like you mm-hmm. often go and train or you have this method that you have to follow or there's this five, six, seven, eight situation. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's not much play f- or time to, for as a maker, you, you there are not yeah. many opportunities to no, get just... together, exchange. So we were missing mm. that. And we also felt like, 
how how what do we need and and then first we thought first we exchanged ourselves so i mm-hmm. i went to switzerland and she came here to amsterdam mm, and nice um first so we did like a private lab private and labs together nice. we both had then at the time a specific question like i want to work on this question and then we mm-hmm. helped each other and yeah and then we realized maybe this is interesting for more people because you know yeah there are more makers out there movers yeah. out there um, so we opened it up and it became a lab. And I know nowadays, actually, there is more of this term lab or choreo right. lab, dance yeah, lab. Um, but still, I also see that often it is this, still there is a teacher. More of a method. Method, you, yeah. yeah. Or, and actually, that's not what we're <laughs> looking for. Yeah. And also, as I as I explained for my process, it goes so often into this decision making already. Or mm-hmm. So I need one of, one of the things I could, do in Coriolab is actually try to go more into this research and mm-hmm. play mode like yeah um I think we play not enough as adults we should be playing more yes, in general I agree and more uh, <laughs> yeah try new things and this is a way for us for dance and for choreography to to develop and to exchange and to hear other ones opinions to yeah. to see how you know other people are dealing with their yeah make with their process or uh, what themes they work on. So then we started this this first choreo lab. This was 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. And we did three labs in one year, which was oh, wow. really ex- intense. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we realized mm, that's maybe a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> but for us, it was also great and to learn how to become this new organization mm-hmm. thing. And um, also fine tuning how many days. We had three days and it became four days. And we really learned, like, actually, we need the four days. Yeah. Should it be more? And then actually, no, because it is quite intense. So yeah, you it's have enough. to be mentally there the whole time. Yes. Yeah. And we really and we got back from each lab so inspired and we could mm-hmm. really take it into our own work. Yeah. So actually a bit of our research time was there. And yeah. then you dive deeper. And that's the idea. You, you come, you try things, you have other people to work with and try things. Mm-hmm. And you are in other people's works, right? So you yeah. you learn still other approaches. It's not that, there, that there's this one way or, you know, there are so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and more and more, we we wanted to go more in this exchange and playground and a bit less in mm-hmm. somebody else's method or um, because we right. also had the the labs itself per choreographer. Yeah. And now it's like, it's also good to have some input, but also... Maybe people need a little bit more time mm-hmm. to have to to ask their own questions. Yes, yeah. and to have feedback rounds. So we're trying to include this more. Yeah. So yeah, it was it's a it's a young process, like a few yeah. years now. But we really um, it's developed quite quickly, though. Yeah, and and in in a way, it started because we wanted this. We yeah. needed this for our own practice. Well, that's what I think is so beautiful about it, is it came from what do I need for my artistic practice? And I think sometimes we can think that's something narcissistic. You know what. What do I need personally? But but when it's coming from an authentic place of what you really need for your work, I think other people will resonate with that and other people will find inspiration in that and are also I then invited. So. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happens because then you're also invited to bring your own questions. And I think the labs are just such an open place to really be able to ask and try to find answers and explore together. And I'll always remember, I think it was the opening circle when mm-hmm. we all had to... I forget exactly, you probably know exactly what the questions are you say, but it's like, what are you curious about? 
and what yeah what can you offer is that yeah it? what yeah. what are you looking for or yeah. and what what do you have to offer exactly and yeah. i just i found that so poignant you know it's really it's simple questions but to ask that of everyone in a group and kind of form a community that way in the beginning i think it's something really powerful and i think could be translated to all different mediums even like business meetings or something you know it's something that It just opens up the space to everyone to bring their whole selves to the table and also know what other people can bring. And it's, yeah. yeah, I remember you saying that like, ah, so you right away acknowledge that I can come and bring something in, which is what yeah. actually what we do because everybody yeah. has this own toolbox yeah, that you exactly. bring. And um, some people might be shy in the beginning, but actually you know, some people are like, oh, I have a lot to offer. I can do this, this, this. And, <laughs> right. you know, but... But it also evens it because then you also say, what are you looking for? Yeah, you know, it, because you're, yeah. it's not never done. The, yeah. the, it's never complete like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, I know it all now. No, hopefully yeah. not. Hopefully that never happens. Yeah, exactly. I hope <laughs> so. If you have that feeling, then I think something went wrong. Yeah, so I think maybe fine. you want to take a break. That's mm -hmm. fine. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I each time it, it brings so much uh, sparkle with, yeah. the, with the group. And people really start to appreciate because then you can easily approach. Maybe you say, oh, I'm interested mm -hmm. in this. And then like, oh, actually me too, you know. Like, yeah. So then you have a deeper conversation yeah. or you maybe meet up. Um, I think there were some collaborations through, yeah. you know, meeting people uh, through Coriolab. And I also, yeah, I think to if you miss something or it's not there and you want it. it's mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, it's not like because you want it, but... Because it's not there, why not do it yourself? Exactly. With other people. And I think the sharing and the mm -hmm. exchange is the most important part. Because you can also go in the studio alone if you have that opportunity. Right. But you have different outcomes. Yeah. And um, if you also have to step into the role of being more of the participant that you help another with finding their ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It also brings you information it, in your body and in exactly, your mind. Exactly. And, and yeah. you, you become this like, oh, you have this approach. Or, yeah. Oh, it, it makes it really equal. Or, yeah, yeah, you're all there because you want to try new things right. and explore. Or but, sometimes people want like, yeah, but we need more time. And now we want to discuss it. But mm -hmm. of course, it's nice if you have more time for things. Of course. But our, our idea is like, you have so many little little bites mm -hmm. now Ta yeah, it you take them uh -huh. home and then you do your deeper mm, research yeah. or you go into your like it's just filling your toolbox and hopefully get inspired and it's not about sorting out the idea it's yeah. about exploring it yeah and that's the difference because that's we get it. sometimes requests can i teach a workshop no we don't do workshops mm -hmm. we try to exchange and yeah. that's the people get that they they always yeah go and I think have that's fun. such a good way to just look at meeting other artists in general. And you don't necessarily have to be in a lab situation to do that. You know, you you can meet someone and try to really get to that core of what they're interested in as soon as possible by asking the right questions and by kind of finding those connections. And I think you do a great job of that. I mean, well, just, thank yeah, you. creating those connections and collaboration. So I think yeah. it's something everyone can Yeah, it's nice you know, that to use. hear, like, it doesn't have to be within dance per se. It can yeah. be... Um, more open to different disciplines or even outside like other just people who want to play and explore so yeah. maybe there should become like this new choreo lab that's <laughs> not only about dance yeah, yeah. Maybe it's multidisciplinary yeah it could be very interesting yeah yeah and yeah. and yeah so if people want to 
jump in let me yeah. know because yeah <laughs> definitely we're doing a call here <laughs> yeah um you've worked with quite a different variety of kinds of artists is that correct different painters musicians kind of things. yes what is that process like working with artists of other mediums um i always enjoy that we find our common ground mm. because we all have slightly different language but the core is the same yeah so it's again about creation about you want to express or share a story or make a point and that's why you make create a piece mm-hmm. like a work and um to learn from from the other yeah from their perspective and from their discipline from their approach uh feeds me so mm-hmm. it's really helping me grow and also you clarify your own like sometimes yeah you can be very let's see and you're borders can blend and sometimes like you know what but here is my limit apparently in that so you also learn about Mm. no this actually i want to keep for my dancing or um, uh, it's apparently important and then you learn from that Mm, um so both boundaries to open them and sometimes to also protect them yeah oh interesting um i am uh yeah really interested in what's this connection disconnection like why are we sometimes so disconnected although you're in the same room Mm -hmm. and why are I don't know, first time you meet and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, there's this, I don't know you, but it feels like I know you, you yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. this can happen uh, that it really, I often collaborate with people that I meet at some point, like it goes quite organic and mm. then we start to collaborate. It's not really happening that I'm like looking for a right. specific thing because I, and also I don't like to, to hold auditions because mm. I don't think that's the way yeah um sometimes you you need new input and new exchange so but then you know maybe you let people know so like i'm doing this project maybe you know someone yeah and the ball rolls (laughs) and then you get the right people somehow yeah and of course you 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 can have tryout sessions i like to work then a bit one-on-one or small groups but not like coming in and you get this number and all these things like horrible yeah. i find this uh, <laughs> it's yeah this yeah, is nothing to do with being a, a, mm. a nice human being so um i think it can be different and of course yeah. if you're a big company and you have i don't know how hundreds of applications but sure. it's different but i don't have that situation it's one and also yeah. i think <laughs> you can make pre-selection somehow not based on i believe if you had your dance education or if you send a video of your dancing i you can see pretty quickly, like mm-hmm. you can dance, right? Yeah, yeah of So course. people can dance. A lot of people can dance. It's more about sure. this connection. If you yeah, connect, if you, you click, really? mm-hmm. if we share some values, then the collaboration can really take off. Yeah. And sometimes also it's hard. I mean, with uh, we had a group of mus- musicians and they just speak some kind of another language. Mm. So we had to learn like, oh, are you jamming now? Or did we? Do, are, did you start? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, but we were warming up. And oh, oh yeah, they, you know, you have yeah. different ways of how to start. And like a it different was, vocabulary. It was almost. really fun, but also sometimes frustrating. Yeah. Um, but I learned a lot because it's like, oh, it's another approach. Or, oh, I have mm. to be clearer if I want to yeah. start or like take the lead. Or are we doing this as a group? And then who is taking all you know those things yeah so it's um i love that because it sounds like the way you work is quite intuitive it sounds like intuition plays a really big role in the way you form collaborations and your process and yeah i guess that's right yeah Yeah. i didn't think of it that way but yeah yeah, i I guess that's right 
I wanted to talk about something we were talking about earlier, actually, which was um, the idea of finding your core value. I thought that was really interesting in relation to the artistic process. So we were talking about it um, in terms of your boyfriend's, he has a, a method of working. Is that, What was it exactly? Well, this card game, uh, it's called Game of Values. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can play it in different ways, but yeah. the idea is t- it can be for yourself or with the group or with your partner right. or with your business um, to, to see what is your core value or yeah. yours together for your family. Yeah. But in, in any set and even for, for yourself, there is this core where does this come from? Mm. Like, why are we doing? Like, why are we sharing apparently this uh, this connection? And yeah. if you find out that you have similar values, or maybe sometimes they're very different, and then you can talk about why. Yeah. Especially if you want to work together and you understand that your core value is slightly different or mm-hmm. very different, then you know if how to approach someone. Yeah. And it, I was saying it reminded me of Brene Brown's book. I think it's dare to lead or something like that and she lists a bunch of values and you have to narrow it down to 10 and then to five and then to two in the end and find you and it's really difficult to narrow down we were talking about that like it's really hard to actually cross things out that you think are so important to you and it's also interesting because I think values are often we hear it in a very kind of moral ethical Mm -hmm. boring bland sort of way you think like political or yeah yeah you know it's something that it's not really something you associate with like creativity or art or <laughs> but it but I think it's important to know your your core value and how that relates to other people that you're working with in the artistic process. I think that's really and you were saying yours is authenticity. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. with the the game of values we went mm-hmm. up to only one, yeah, right? So oh, God, yeah, it's harder. very hard, but <laughs> yeah. um just to realize that those are very close to that one they Mm -hmm. they connect and apparently comes from this place so for me authenticity is is and and actually i was not surprised at the end Mm -hmm. maybe for a little bit you're surprised to sometimes eliminate others Mm -hmm. like we said like yeah maybe you eliminate creativity and it's like yeah but i'm a creative person right like should be important but it's more that the creativity lies within Mm. and um yeah that that was a nice realization yeah and to learn that from another if it's your partner or somebody you work with, I, it can really help you, I think. Yeah, to, to know to how learn you that, relate. And, yeah, and mm-hmm. learn to speak then the language together that you, yeah, again, to connect. Yeah. yeah. How do you see your value in your artistic process? How do you see authenticity reflected in the work that you do? Well, I guess, like you said, that it's this intuitive part. Mm. Um, so it really comes from from what feels right or how to listen to to those moments that you're mm, no this doesn't work or mm, it doesn't feel right mm-hmm. and to work with that yeah. um that's for sure one part or um sometimes maybe you say like oh maybe there's this opportunity but actually if it's not you mm-hmm. maybe you should say no you know right. like yeah. um if it's if you're already in doubt then often it's like oh it's, I mean, for me, the best things happened when, when it had this, this flow or when, when yeah. it has this um, more intuitive side to it. Doesn't mean everything is intuitive, and um, authentic being authentic. It's also a bit of a, you know, it might mean different things to different people. Yeah, it's um, true. It's become but, a bit of a buzzword, but I think when yeah. you look at the actual meaning of it, it 
it's it has value it has yes yeah, substance and no i do see it i guess it's in everything that i do yeah um i have trouble if i mean of course we have parts of our jobs we don't like or that's <laughs> normal one person normal. once said to me that's the part you're yeah. paid for <laughs> you yeah, know that's, that's a nice <laughs> approach but <laughs> Um, that's a good way to think about yeah. it yeah but so it's not about it you have to like everything but mm-hmm. i do think that if i have a hard time with if it's really i actually know it's not the right thing for me mm. but there's not a safe solution yet so mm-hmm. you kind of hold on but they never work out so yeah, to stop the things that you really feel like this is really not okay or really not right for me and then always something else happens or maybe it's the trust or you have to learn to trust mm. and it's quite from a safe place right i think you first have to work on, on feeling safe and stable yeah. maybe with money wise you know there are certain topics that of course they come yeah. first you have your first life right yeah. uh, needs um but if we talk about creativity uh and you have an environment where you can be creative in and feel safe about it mm-hmm. then uh yeah to really choose yeah. yourself yeah and what feels what do you mean right. by safety and creativity um i mean often with artist money is a topic yeah. so um <laughs> i realized that if you're not earning the amount that you need or that you feel you need mm-hmm. there's always the fight mm, the fight like oh course. but i have to make the choice for that mm-hmm. and if you are in this like oh but if i have this and I feel safe. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, I can be more creative because right. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Doesn't I don't mean sense. this for everyone, but the safety can be like, can also be environment. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody has access to a dance studio yeah. all the time or a lot or, or maybe the rents are too high or they're right. different. Mm-hmm. But you can, I see also people going in their living room and just as long as they dance every day, they're happy. And then sure. yes, of course they go and make work or they do it in different ways but yeah. sometimes you need access but you can also be creative yeah i used to back in the days clean <laughs> studios and then i got rehearsal time oh wow and yeah. i was like okay so maybe i couldn't afford it back then yeah but mm. i found a way yeah exactly and i think this is also creative thinking if yeah. you want something doesn't have to be dance related mm-hmm. but are there other ways or what's yeah. a smaller step to get there and that helps in your safety feeling and in the feeling yeah. of growth that there is the opportunity mm. instead of going into this yeah but it's hard and it's not there um and there's this wall and how it doesn't work and then things get really heavy right yeah and then you don't you're not in a safe place yeah so you have to be creative to find the way to make yeah it use or your creativity to, to yeah, yeah. Uh, in different ways or different approaches maybe yeah that makes sense so but of course there are places in the world where it's not safe at all and then still you know they are not even allowed to dance Mm. and still they risk their lives every day and um i cannot even imagine what that's like so yeah yeah, there are different states of safetyness but in this case um or here in amsterdam we we are pretty safe i have to say and yeah there are ways to make a living and if it's not through art then maybe yeah there are different ideas about should you be working only on your art and Mm -hmm. uh, you know that's and then but you might not be stable with money right or is it okay to say hey i do part-time jobs yeah and that makes me 
uh, go into the possibility of creating exactly. my work. So many people have to do that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's, yeah, you have to do what you have to do. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong being a part-time whatever. If yeah. that's, and also hopefully you pick something or you have the possibility of doing some, because you have many talents, you yeah. know. So maybe you write, maybe you're very social and you are great with uh, customer servers or yeah, maybe sure. um, there are so many ways you can mm. teach, you can. And then if you find that way and gives you that basic income, yeah. then the That's rest the might come. Is. Exactly. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I felt personally when I reached this, my safety level of income, mm -hmm. ah, I got so much freer. Yeah. yeah yeah that was also so then you dare to dream it's like okay i'm gonna have my own company or yeah not because the company has to make enough right. for me like it has to make the project right but i am not relying on it myself yeah and that's dependent. the difference for me yeah mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense i wanted to ask you just a, a dance question um, because I have spent the past week, you know, killing myself in, in intensive <laughs> workshops. I have like bruises and sore muscles and everything. And midway through, I just found myself asking, you know, what is this all for? You know, I mean, I, I know what it, what it is to me. And I, mm -hmm. I rediscovered that through the workshop, but you know, dance is something that's so physically intense and it can be so much work as a maker or a dancer. And so what what is it for for you? What is the necessity of dance? I think still there's the basic layer of its expression. Mm -hmm. So the things we don't always have the words for, mm -hmm. the body can still let it out. And that, yeah. I mean, you have dance in a kind of healing way and I'm not focusing on that per se mm -hmm. because I'm creating work in the sense of um, it's more maybe more of a storytelling way right. or an... Um, addressing themes or topics that happen in society or in, in daily life mm -hmm. but for me as a, yeah to I mean I have the need to move I mean sitting still it's an issue <laughs> <laughs> we've been sitting for a while yeah so, this but... is going well but <laughs> we are doing good. something but yeah. just to I mean yeah I need to move every now and then yeah. um but yeah and then there's this expression that the body speaks and has so many qualities um, so it has a freeing feeling in mm. a way, but also, yeah, sometimes it's a struggle. Maybe you get injured or yeah, like you say, it's, you have to go through something. It's not always fun. It, it's mm -hmm. a, a lot of work and yeah. to keep it up. And, um, I realized like I did a lot of training, but I don't have for now. It's not about keeping up the training. It's about keep exploring th with the body mm. and finding like, new like extending my language yeah my dancing language my making language yeah um because if i don't do it for a while i get more numb feeling this mm. numb feeling yeah um although i can also be total edit nerd like i love <laughs> editing especially for dance yeah <laughs> um because it's for me it's also like creating choreography so i, I can also be totally into writing a proposal or something so it's not that yeah. you know i don't dance every day per se or yeah. um there it really depends each week is different sure but it, yeah it's a good question what does it mean right mm. now 
it's still part of me although i don't really see myself so much as a dancer mm-hmm. although i do dance and right. sometimes perform it's your medium I yeah, guess, it's, yeah it's this language that you still know how to speak and you have to feed it mm. yeah um, you have to practice, practice it like any it. language yeah <laughs> ask me again a half a year sure. yeah it can change yeah it can definitely change it definitely has for me yeah Cool. I have a couple questions that I like to ask everyone. And one of them is, um, do you have any daily rituals that kind of help your creative process? We were already talking a little bit yeah. earlier before yeah. this about morning rituals. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I told you about this uh, morning writing, yeah. uh, morning pages um, coming from uh, the artist way. Mm-hmm. I did that for a while, but now mm-hmm. I don't do it every morning. Yeah. I do like to I kind of move, stretch a bit in the morning. Mm-hmm. But I cannot say that that happens per se every day. Yeah. Um, but let, I, I guess that's that's more of the yeah one of the rituals. Yeah. To to start first with some movement. It can be gentle. It can be short, like mm-hmm. ten minutes, sometimes longer. Yeah. But then I, I I feel like I start the day in a nice way. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So that's more for the morning and the evening. Sometimes I do the writing then. Mm-hmm. Um, also stretching in the evening, I guess. Yeah, yeah that, that can be really So nice. that body-mind connection. Yeah. Like you have to like wake up. Tune in and out. Yeah. 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 Because I can be also very much in the head. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> then I need to connect again. So mm-hmm. I guess that's nice. most of it. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Sometimes I'm super disciplined and I do something for some months, and but then mm-hmm. it apparently needs to change. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm, it's good to find phases of what works for you yeah. in the moment. Mm-hmm. So what's, yeah. what, what's yeah. your routine? Mine? Oh gosh. I also kind of go through different phases of things, but I I love my mornings. I always have a cup of hot water with lemon every morning, kind of like, I don't know, just feels cleansing and helps Mm -hmm. me wake up. Um, I also tend to write in the morning. Um, I'll write or read or maybe both. I usually read like a chapter of whatever book I'm reading at the time. Um, Also do a little bit of stretching. I have a in my yoga teacher training, we did these Ayurvedic breathing exercises Mm. that help your digestion and just kind of waking up all the internal systems in your body and so I have a little ritual of doing a couple of those that's probably the thing that I've done the long I've been doing that for about a year um so that's probably the thing I've stuck to the longest Mm. but I go in and out of sometimes I meditate sometimes I do more yoga and but I like to have probably a solid hour in the morning even before having breakfast just kind of easing into the day and mm. yeah I don't nice. know yeah I'm most inspired in the morning so I like to hold on to that as long as I can I think yeah I do feel so uh that I have most focus in the mornings yeah like most uh I get things done in the morning yeah. basically yeah. yeah me too yeah everyone's different I know some people that can't you know cannot do anything in the morning and have to stay up really late at night and do their work yeah, so I no, think I like it's really sleep. different yeah. for everyone yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you I'm the same no so yeah, yeah. but I, nice. I, I know there are different moments of peaking in the yes <laughs> productiveness or creativity yeah but like I said I do believe that you can get yourself into that state maybe yeah. sometimes it takes a little bit of practice or yeah push yourself a little bit but then. I think that's how the ritual helps is it mm-hmm. triggers something yeah yeah um, I'd also like to know if you have any outside interests that are seemingly unrelated to dance that might be surprising to know about you. Yeah, I love snowboarding. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, really, that surprises yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that. Cool. Um, I mean, of course, I, and I, yeah, yoga, but for me, it's very mm-hmm. dance related. Yeah, um, yeah, so I think it's more so. of a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there was a period <laughs> that I was looking for, oh, maybe I need a hobby because I'm always 
working in a sense of yeah. you know or it's dance or it's mm-hmm. but it's always I dance because I it's part of yeah work yeah and um but then I went salsa dancing so <laughs> it was still dance but it was really but another I find it very different honestly yeah. I like I've tried a little bit of latin dance and it's so different than the kind of work we yes, do you know so it different. is like it's a completely different headspace yeah so and I to be led by someone instead of kind yeah. of you know like even with contact work you you're responsible yeah for yourself the other there's this equal like sometimes you give weight sometimes you mm-hmm. the other way but um with yeah i really had to learn like oh mm-hmm. so i'm not the one leading i know <laughs> that I'm was one thing with that, and also yeah different type of music of yeah. course uh and i it was it's more social yeah, yeah. really had fun dance. Yeah, yeah that's that's i mean of course if i have a holiday i like to read a book but i have mm-hmm. to say that at home it doesn't seem to work don't always have the time yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. nice um so for anyone listening um where can they find you and your work where would you lead them um well online to my website (laughs) and now it's still uh, sonicclifford.nl but soon it's going to be sonicclifford.nl Ah, yes a new website coming up working on that Uh, (laughs) so i think from september on it will be uh, it'll change um and um if you want to see live uh, like the performances yeah. <laughs> so i mean it's i'm based in amsterdam so most of my work starts from here yeah uh we have been touring a little bit but uh, also abroad but now i don't have those plans okay. um but uh i'm always very open for collaboration so yeah. that's just basically email me or uh, yeah Correct. or through coreolab or um so that's coreolab.eu and find me through you yeah there we go i'll, I'll put i always like all your that, instagram yeah. stuff and oh, thank I, i'm you. on instagram on facebook perfect well thank you so much for this thank you it's this really been fun a really lovely conversation yes thank you for yeah. the, for coming here and uh exchange again of course i know again yeah hopefully we're gonna yeah we're gonna meet up again and have also uh again more dance related i hope exchange. so i'm sure find out more about Sana, you can find links to her work and everything we talked about in the show notes for this episode at rubyjosephine.com. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram at processpeace or hang out with me over there at rubyjosephine.smith. If you've been enjoying Process Peace, it would mean so much to me if you could just take a minute to leave a review on iTunes or share your favorite episode on social media or with a friend. Let's continue the conversation and spread the love of art. A huge thank you to Cooper Lee Smith for composing the music for this podcast. And side note, he just released his first album, so I will be sharing a Spotify link to that as well in the show notes. Thank you so much to you for listening. Until next time. 